Hello, everyone. This is Garrett Sisti. You probably recognize my voice from the other podcast I host, which is the Lightning Round podcast. This is my brand new solo podcast. It is called Score More. I'm going to do something different than I do over on the Lightning Round podcast. In fact, Lightning Round podcast is still going. You'll be able to hear my voice twice a week, and I'll be releasing this every Thursday, and it's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, I don't even know why you'd think I would begin a show like this. For those of you that know me and or listen to Lightning Round podcasts, in fact, if you don't know me, where have you been? How do you not know who Garrett Sissy is? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But listen, do you really think I'd be like, hello, everyone, this is Garrett Sissy. You probably, re- why would I do that? Especially on my own solo podcast. You think I would not come with it? You don't think I would bring the heat in episode one? You don't think I'd make some badass intro and set a tone for my own podcast? Where have you been? Dude, look, go look in the mirror. Go look in your rearview mirror. Look at your dumb face. I totally got you. I totally got you. If you're at work, turn off your monitor. Turn it off. Look at the reflection. That's you. I totally got you. What are you thinking? Mm. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Rivers gives to strolls, angling left. Has room. 15, 10, 5, jackpot! Play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha 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 Touchdown, Antonio Gates. 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out. I just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! Yes. Yes, that is. Right, I am here, Garrett Sisti, the Score More Podcast. This podcast is going to be previewing each week on opponents coming up, and we've got a lot to cover, and there are a lot of things to do on this show. And of course, this is my own show, so there'll probably be some bullshitting around here too. In fact, I'll probably just go on and talk and hopefully make you laugh or do stupid things. I don't know. I just know that I'm not going to take this that seriously. I mean, serious as in I'll release it every week, but not serious as in, well, the Chiefs are looking good and Patrick Mahomes has such a great... I'm not going to go through that. We'll talk about it. We'll break down the opponent. I'll do that each week. That's not a big deal. But I also like to have some fun, too. I'm doing I'm doing two podcasts for you guys. Two a week. I'm upping my work for you. So you're welcome. I didn't hear a thank you, but I said you're welcome because you're rude. So there's a lot to get to today. I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff, but because this is the first episode of a new season, I think it's probably important for everybody that missed all the stuff that happened last season and in past seasons to give you a little recap. So let's catch you up on what happened previously on other Score More podcasts. Previously on Score More with Garrett Sisti. And shepherds we shall be for thee, my lord, for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand. Let swiftly carry out thy command. So we shall flow river forth to thee, and teeming with soul shall it ever be. In nomine patri, it feeleth. Hold on to your butts. We're all just floating around accidental like on a breeze. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This reminds me of a joke. 
It is hard to believe that so much has gone on with zero episodes. It is hard to believe that that many things have happened. In fact, it's almost like they're completely made up or somebody else did them. I mean, I did that. I produced that, but I wasn't in there. You didn't hear me. Okay. You get the joke. Okay. So, yeah, so there's a lot that's going to happen on this show. A lot of fun things. Uh, look, we're already having fun already. Look at that. We're only a couple minutes in. We're already having fun. And we'll get to the breakdown of this week's game. Not a big deal. But I know a lot of people were asking, you know, they were going, hey, Garrett, what about all the ASMR fans? Like, what are you going to do for them? This is a new podcast. This is a new venture. But you know that ASMR is a big deal. And I get it. I mean, for those of you that don't know, and and thank you, Planted Question. I appreciate you asking that question by a person I made up just now. You know, if you don't know what ASMR is, it's Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. You've probably seen the videos on YouTube. It's people that whisper. It's very soft. It's basically this sensation that people get when people are whispering or talking at low volumes or low frequencies that basically creates the sensation in you. Usually, you know, it moves down your body. It makes people relax a little bit. It gives some people comfort when they listen to this stuff. I didn't want to cut people out of my audience. I want to bring as many people on as possible in the first episode. So I get it. Okay, all you ASMR fans, ASMR heads, whatever you call them. So if you don't know what ASMR is, I'll just give you a little example. Here's something from an ASMR video on YouTube. I'm going to get quite close, if that's okay. There you go. Okay, so now we know what ASMR is. I will give you a little bit now. Because you're asking, I will do it. And again, we'll get to football. Don't worry about it. So let's go ahead and do a little ASMR. If you're into ASMR, you're a 
fucking weirdo. And there you go. There you go, ASMR fans. And you're going, why are you censoring stuff in this podcast, Garrett? You have the explicit on. You can use as many curse words as you can. You can cuss. It doesn't matter. Well, the bleeps make it funnier. You fucking dickbag. So now you're wondering, what the hell is this podcast even about? This has all just been nonsense. It's been hilarious. It's been side-splittingly funny. I've had to pull over my car because I'm laughing so hard on the road. But what the hell is this? Well, this is Score More. This is my podcast. I am Garrett Sisti, again, if you forgot. And go follow the new Twitter handle I put up for the podcast, which is at ScoreMorePod. I'll be talking about this podcast, doing some fun stuff over there. Might get into video at some point. Uh, maybe sooner rather than later. And I'll be doing all the stuff for this podcast over at Score More Pod on Twitter. Go follow that. But basically, this show is going to be previewing the Chargers' upcoming matchup. I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but we need a preview show. Let's talk about the enemy. Let's talk about what the Chargers' opponents do well, what the Chargers don't do well, what the Chargers do well, and what the opponents don't do well. Did you get all that? I'm going to watch the games from previous matchups with the other team that the Chargers are facing soon. So this, of course, podcast will be about the Buffalo Bills. And we will talk about what the Bills do good, which will probably be short. And then we'll talk about where the Bills struggled in week one. So I'm going to be previewing the Chargers' upcoming matchup each week. I'm going to release this podcast on Thursdays. So get ready for that. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. But for now, listen to it, sit back, and enjoy it. This is Score More. And of course, now you just want to scroll, scrub, fast forward to where the football is. Just skip forward to 15 minutes and 8 seconds. Oh, how do I know when I'm going to do football talk when we're not even there yet? It's because I'm a goddamn wizard from the fucking future, dude. I'm sure you're curious behind the meaning of score more. First off, I'm going to ride these double entendres into the ground. So look for score more to have heavy sexual overtones. Not really, that'd be weird. But hey, if you don't think I'm going to mention it once or twice throughout the span of this podcast, go ahead and turn this podcast off now. In fact, you've already made it this far. You know my sense of humor. So don't worry about that. But also, score more is about how the Chargers can score more points it's easy it's it's the simplest way of thinking about sports just score more it's something a coach once told me i've never forgot it because it's kind of a funny story and what happened was played among other sports played basketball in high school and at one point we were up gotta say 25 30 points at halftime and of course we let the other team back in it And the other team was actually our high school rivals. So in San Diego, went to a high school called Grossman High School. The rival is Helix High School. Now, you may not know what Helix High School is, but when I went to school there, their sports teams were always so much better than anybody else's in the county. In fact, the football team had Alex Smith, 
you know, the current Redskins quarterback, Alex Smith, a quarterback, and Reggie Bush, you know, the Super Bowl champion with the Saints, was electric at USC. Yeah, that Reggie Bush and Alex Smith were on the same team in high school against high school kids. It wasn't fair. So anyway, we're up on Helix, 25, 30 points. We let him back into the game. And our coach was Vietnamese. And he had been in America at that point for less than 10 years. He had a very thick accent. He was in his 40s, approaching 50s at that point. So just imagine a very thick accent. And he was screaming at us, score more. But with his accent, it ran together and it sounded like scoreboard. And all of us were looking around going, what is he even talking about? That we're down? Score, like, look at the scoreboard. We should be up. Is that what he means? So we were like, fine. Uh, nobody knew what the heck. This was the big moment where he is firing up the team, getting us back into it because we got kind of lethargic and let them back into the game. And the coach is yelling, scoreboard. And none of us know what the hell he is talking about. Nobody even knows what he's referencing. And usually we can make out what he's saying because it's screaming and he's telling us where to be on the court and all that. That was easy to follow. But when he's screaming things like scoreboard, just a random, yeah, there's a scoreboard in the gym, but that's just a random word that didn't have any context. So he's screaming score more. We think he's saying scoreboard. Helix ends up coming back and we tied at end of regulation. Grossman ends up winning in overtime, of course. And so... After the game, he's screaming, scoreboard, scoreboard. And the other guys are looking around going, yes, we won, scoreboard. Because that's something you would say, scoreboard when you're winning, scoreboard. That makes sense. And he looks at us and goes, it's easy. Just score. He takes a long pause. More. And everybody in the locker room loses their mind this whole time we thought that he was saying scoreboard he was saying score more which is the most rudimentary way of thinking of any sport at all but it was so simple and it was so funny it was a model we kept with the team i laugh when i think about it every time and when i was trying to think of titles for the podcast i had a bunch of charger puns i thought about maybe like thunder road which is a cool music and charger slash title didn't really work and a couple other Charger puns, something with lightning, I'm sure. But then it was like, I got lightning around. That wouldn't really make sense. And then, you know, so I don't know. There was a bunch of Charger puns and stuff I was thinking about going with. But score more makes a lot more sense, more meaningful to me. It's easy. The Chargers just need to score more. So let's go ahead and get on with it. The Chargers play the Bills in Buffalo this weekend. Bills coming off a bad loss against the Ravens. The Chargers, of course have another bad loss against the Chiefs. Both teams 0-1 to start the year. Bills obviously coming off a worse loss when you have to bench your own quarterback in the first game of the season, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, just so you guys know, I am going to be watching these teams' games and kind of giving you a synopsis of what they do good on offense and defense, guys to watch out for, maybe even some matchups the Chargers can exploit. So, of course, we all remember the Nathan Peterman game last year. He threw five interceptions in the first half. They won 54-24. That game happened to be in L.A. at home for the Chargers. This Sunday, again, they traveled to Buffalo to play the Bills this time around. So, 
Right off the bat, we got to talk about injuries. Now, the Chargers got some good news yesterday, and while Joey Bosa got his second opinion from Dr. Robert Anderson, we know now that he just has a bone bruise, so not terrible. We all kind of assume the worst with Joey Bosa's injury, but we know that is a bone bruise. The thing about bone bruises is there's no strict timeline. So you know he's week to week, meaning he could be back in a couple weeks, he could be back in a couple months. We'll know more about Joey Bosa's injury as the weeks go along, but what we do know is he will not be in Buffalo. Also for the Chargers, we know the right tackle Joe Barksdale was in a boot after the game. He again did not practice. They're calling that a knee injury. New injury that kind of popped up was Travis Benjamin. He was also in a boot. They're listing that as a foot injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Craig Mager, also out with a hamstring injury. Tyrell Williams was a full practice, so he should be good to go at Buffalo. But expect not to have Joey Bosa or Joe Barksdale come Sunday. And Travis Benjamin's status is still up in the air. Craig Mager up in the air as well. Now, on to the Bills. Big names on the injury report were just rest days. Lorenzo Alexander, Kyle Williams, both rest days. Outside of that, their pass rushing specialist Shaq Lawson was out with a hamstring injury. That could be costly because they didn't get a lot of pass rush on Joe Flacco on Sunday. So if Shaq Lawson doesn't go for the Bills, they did just pick up Nate Orchard, the former Brown. Uh, may have seen him on Hard Knocks, but they do have some more pass rush help coming, if you want to call it that. So Nate Orchard would fill in for Shaq Lawson if he is out. They also have Eddie Yardborough, but Jerry Hughes, the main pass rusher. They've got Trent Murphy, who's also a starter. Shaq Lawson kind of thrown in as that third pass rusher. If they need another pass rusher, they've got Nate Orchard. So outside of that, Ray Ray Johnson, the wide receiver, did not practice with a knee injury. That isn't as important on Sunday, but what could play a factor here is the corner Teron Johnson. He was out with a foot injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. This is a very thin cornerback group. When we start to break down the Bills defense, we'll talk more about that. But Teron Johnson is an injury to keep an eye on. Same with Shaq Lawson. The big news coming out today is the Bills announced Josh Allen will be the starter over Nathan Peterman. Peterman saw a little over two quarters and was benched. He was very bad. What I did get to see was a little less than two quarters of Josh Allen. So what we saw from Josh Allen in less than two quarters, what we know is he's a runner. He released from the pocket a lot. So anytime he sensed any danger, he was quick to release and try to take it upfield. The Bills even ran some quarterback keepers early in his snaps just to kind of get some positive plays going because they had nothing going that game against the Ravens. So they wanted to get him running. They ran some design runs for Allen. So he is a guy that the Chargers are going to have to contain. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move the sticks with his feet. He did so against the Ravens. And when they played the Bills last time around, Tyrod... Got loose a couple times, too. Of course, he's with the Browns now. Chargers don't have to worry about that matchup, but you know that you have a somewhat athletic quarterback under center. Obviously, you'll hear it mentioned a ton on Sunday, but Josh Allen can sling it. He's got the arm strength. The team was so much better with Josh Allen in those less than two quarters than Nathan Peterman was at the helm. Allen played with confidence, delivered some real strikes, delivered it with some mustard, too. Now, the Bills' offense only scored three points in four quarters and three points in less than two quarters with Allen. But Josh Allen gives the Bills the best chance to win games. Hello. 
I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. But what you do know is that the Bills have troubles with their offensive line. They're missing Cody Glenn, Richie Incognito, and Eric Wood, all left in the offseason. This is a plug-and-patchwork offensive line, and they showed some major weakness last Sunday. They had a ton of penalties, so many penalties that Nathan Peterman, Josh Allen had third and longs, and the Ravens just pinned their ears back and blitzed and threw the house at both Peterman and Allen. The majority of the penalties were on the offensive line, including a personal foul penalty on Deion Dawkins, followed by a false start on Dukas when Josh Allen had the Bills driving which was the only time in that game. So the one time they had some positive movement, which was the first drive by Josh Allen, multiple penalties. There were so many holding calls against this offensive line. They were not prepared. The Bills gave up six sacks to five players on Sunday against the Ravens, surrendered nine total quarterback hits. Now, if the Chargers had Joey Bosa, this would be a whole nother story. But they do have Melvin Ingram, who can obviously come with it. And then... This is one of those games that Isaac Rochelle and Chris Landrum can really bounce back. This is that game where they can start to gain confidence because they're going against a very bad offensive line. They played terrible, especially on the right side. They have got bad offensive line play going right now, and because of that, LaShawn McCoy couldn't get anything going. His longest run was a broken play. Basically, the lane he was supposed to hit was clogged by defenders. He bounced it backside for a 12-yard gain, but that was his biggest of the day. The Ravens basically just stacked the box and made Nathan Peterman and Josh Allen throw the ball. That is exactly what the Chargers should do on Sunday. But if you rewind to last year, in 2017, LaShawn McCoy ripped through the Chargers defense last season. He went for 114 on the ground with a touchdown. He even caught a touchdown pass as well. But like I mentioned a little bit earlier, this is a totally different offensive line. No Incognito, no Glenn, no Wood. So completely different offensive line, but McCoy tore through them. And the Ravens took advantage of Peterman early and just basically stacked the box, made Peterman throw it. They have got to do the same with Josh Allen. Though he made some completions and some good throws, there are also some bad throws, some that were offline. And when you threw pressure at Josh Allen and you had containment, there was nowhere for him to go. So the Chargers will have to do the same, and they're going to have to take away LaShawn McCoy because other than that, they have nobody. They don't have any good tight ends. They don't have any good wide receivers. The Bills ranked last in receptions and receiving yards last year in 2017. They added Kelvin Benjamin in the offseason, but the whole group struggled again Sunday with 98 total yards amongst the group. Zay Jones also was the leading receiver the last time the Chargers met, too. He finished with the most reception yards on Sunday with three catches on 26 yards. There is a major deficiency in this wide receiver group. And when you go up against two guys like Trevor Williams and Casey Hayward, watch out. So all the Chargers have to do, and I don't want to make it too simple, I don't want to oversimplify things, but you stack the box, you take away LaShawn McCoy, 
and you make Josh Allen beat you. Because what you saw on Sunday, he will not be able to do that. He couldn't get anything going against Ravens defense, and I happen to think the Chargers defense is better than the Ravens, even though week one wouldn't tell you that. And they're without Joey Bosa, but still, I think they can really get after Josh Allen, and they can really take advantage of the struggling offensive line. So let's talk about this Bills defense. Jerry Hughes is their most talented pass rusher. He was in the backfield a lot against the Ravens, and he's going to be a handful for a guy like Sam Tevy because we saw today that Joe Barksdale is in crutches, so he was probably not playing in Week 2 against the Bills. So when Jerry Hughes gets lined up on the right side, Sam Tevy has got to get some help, and he's got to stop Jerry Hughes because a lot like Melvin Ingram on Sunday, Hughes was in the backfield but never really got the sack. Created a pressure or two like Ingram, but just quite out of the grasp of getting a sack on Sunday. Another guy to look out for is their linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. He showed his athleticism off in coverage, played downhill for most of the part as a run defender. He had a forced fumble. He got two pass deflections where he really ran stride for stride with the tight end, Mark Andrews. He's still green. I mean, he bit on a run fake that left Willie Sneed wide open for a touchdown, but he is good, and he's fast, and he showed some of the things that the Bills liked in him when they drafted him. So major athlete, looked good in coverage, did pretty good in the run game too, a lone bright spot for that defense. So with Tremaine Edmonds as the Bills' Mike, the Chargers will also want to attack the middle of the field with their will, who is Mike Milano. Mike Milano struggled much worse than Edmonds did. Edmonds was more up than he was down, but the Chargers are basically going to want to get Edmonds and Milano out to run and cover. Another linebacker they want to get to run and cover is the tackling machine Lorenzo Alexander. Now, he led the team in tackles on Sunday. He had eight, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't a ton of tackles, especially when you're leading the team. But with Milano, with Alexander, with Edmonds, you want to get them to run and cover, especially Lorenzo Alexander because Alexander is 35 years old. He's lost it a little bit, and if you can get him in coverage and in some situations where he's got to run and cover with guys like Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, even running backs like Gordon and Eckler, that's a favorable matchup, and that's something a charge should take advantage of. Now, the Bills gave up 47 points. There were a lot of turnovers, and the Bills' offense could not get going. There were a lot of short fields for the Ravens, but what they did do on offense, especially early, is attack the middle of the field. Between the Ravens' three tight ends, which were Nick Boyle, Max Williams, and Mark Andrews, they got 13 targets in Week 1. They got 103 yards combined. Ravens saw a matchup they liked against the Bills' linebackers. One of the Chargers' bread and butter have been the crossing routes with Tyrell Williams and Keenan Allen in the middle of the field. Look for a heavy dose of that. Probably get some Virgil Green involved, maybe even some Antonio Gates as well. But you're going to see the Chargers pick apart the middle of the field. There weren't a lot of throws to the sideline, but they love that middle of the field. In fact, Keenan Allen ate in Week 11 last season. He had 159 yards and two touchdowns. A lot of that damage happened in the middle of the field. So again, recreate that game plan like they did last year obviously you can't you know plan for five interceptions before halftime but the offensive game plan was to attack the middle of the field they did that a lot they got Keenan Allen involved a ton almost 160 two touchdowns he's got to be the focal point moving down to the Bills defensive line Kyle Williams is still a dog in the interior so Dan Feeney who struggled on Sunday against the Chiefs gonna have his hands full 
along with the other interior O-linemen like Michael Schofield. I thought Pouncey played pretty good. But both guards, Feeney, Schofield, struggled, and they've got a real test against defensive tackle Kyle Williams, who still showed he had some against the Ravens. He was one of the few Bills that were in the backfield outside of Jerry Hughes. So that'll be a battle in the interior with Kyle Williams for the Chargers offensive line. But another name you guys definitely know because a lot of fans wanted this man in free agency. The Bills also have Star Latulale in the interior of the defensive line. Now, he wasn't very effective against the Ravens, but he had 38 snaps. He got injured early on in preseason, kind of coming back to full strength. He's about there, but uh, played about 48% of the snaps in the interior. The Bills also have their third-round pick in the interior, which is another guy a lot of Charger fans wanted, and that was Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips was actually pretty active on Sunday against the Ravens, so they've got a trio of pretty good interior defensive linemen. So between Pouncey, Schofield, and Feeney, they're going to have their hands full with Kyle Williams, who played great on Sunday, who still got it, Starla Tulele, who is just stupid strong in the interior, and of course Harrison Phillips is there as well. So in terms of the secondary, of course, the highlight of this group is the corner Tredavious White. That's going to be an interesting matchup between Keenan Allen and White when they're lined up together because he is by far their best corner. They have Vontae Davis, but he didn't play in the first game. His backup, Teron Johnson, did play. He played about 17 snaps. But the guy opposite Tredavious White is a name you might recognize, the former Chief Philip Gaines, a guy they can definitely take advantage of, a guy that's going in place of Vontae Davis. If Teron Johnson can't go, then they've got Lafayette Pitts, who's on the bottom of their depth chart. So watch for that injury of Teron Johnson, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. If he can't go, that'll be interesting because they'll be very thin at corner. Philip Gaines, Tredavious White, the matchup to watch is White versus Allen. So we move on to special teams, and, and this is another tough matchup for the Chargers. Marcus Murphy's got some wiggle. He's the returner. He was a sprinter in high school, and he can fly. He almost broke one against the Ravens, so the Chargers are going to have another speedy returner. They're going to have to corral this Sunday as well. Can George Stewart get special teams back into it, recover from last week, and now come at it in Week 2 against the Bills? Marcus Murphy obviously isn't Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have the speed, but this is another fast returner. So hopefully they can contain Marcus Murphy. So as a whole, I think the Chargers win this game. I think they probably win it pretty handily. The one thing that may hurt them is the traveling to the East Coast. Chargers don't always travel well, and you're always suspect when they go on the road, especially when you go to the East Coast. So they might be a little lethargic early on. They might be a little slow. But the Bills just don't have the weapons to stop the Chargers. And I get the Chargers could have put up 40 points against the Chiefs with all the drop passes. You think it gets a little bit better. They have a great corner in Tredavious White, but outside of that, the rest of them struggled. Not great safety play either. So I think the wide receivers have a shot to recover from last week, this coming week against the Bills. The Ravens wide receiver core of Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, John Brown don't quite compare to Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, even though they struggled last week. This is a more talented group on paper, and they should be able to take advantage. And with how the Ravens wide receiver core just picked apart those DBs, I don't see a problem for the Chargers at all. The only thing that could go wrong that you could see the Chargers struggling with is obviously containing LaShawn McCoy. McCoy cut through them last season, 
And that was about the week 11 when you're going, why won't the Chargers fix their run D? They have got to fix their run D. It's towards the end of the year, and everybody's complaining that their run defense hasn't gotten any better. And though Anthony Lynn is going to tell you in his press conference today, like he did, that they did a good job of corralling Kareem Hunt, I think, personally, they knew that they had an advantage in Tyreek Hill, and they just kept going back to it, and they didn't need to feature Kareem Hunt. There was no need to do it. They didn't need to keep going back to Travis Kelsey. They had Tyreek Hill working, so they kept going back to it. So, you know, he did have 49 yards, and on paper that looks good, but I don't think the Chargers really got a test on how good or bad the run defense is going to be this year. So this will be a good test because this offensive line is not good. And if LaShawn McCoy somehow can break off 100-plus yards again, they've got more issues. So LaShawn McCoy, the big focal point on offense. they got to put pressure on Josh Allen, which is obvious. On offense, Phillip Rivers is going to pick apart the middle of the field, look for those crossers with Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen. You'll be able to get some open looks with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon as well. And... The Chargers don't have the three-headed monster that the Ravens have, even though I don't even know they have one good tight end. They have three tight ends. Technically, they have four in Hayden Hurst, but for whatever reason, he was the blocking tight end against the Bills. He got no targets, and they drafted him in the first round, which made no sense, but still, they don't have one good tight end. Chargers, probably the same thing, huh? (laughs) Just with less players. Virgil Green, Antonio Gates can get it going, Uh, They are at least as talented as Max Williams and Nick Boyle. So they should be able to get some targets this weekend. And look, the run D for the Bills is pretty good. This will be a test for Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon on the ground. But in the air, I think they can get a lot done. So I'm predicting a win here. I actually predicted a win last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. I was wrong on that account. I think I bounce back here, and so do the Chargers. We both get off the snide. We both win this week. So I think the Chargers win. I think it's going to be closer to 31-10, not 47-3 like the Ravens did, but 31-10. Chargers win and are 1-1 on the year. So that's basically how this podcast is going to go. I'll watch the games. I'll tell you about the Chargers' opponent this week, break down some position groups, give you if I think the Chargers are going to win or lose. And then we wrap this thing up. So this has been the premiere of Score More with Garrett Sisti. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Bolts from the Blue podcast network on iTunes. The feed is up there now. Go subscribe. You're going to get Kyle Posey's podcast, which is trash, but it'll still be there. You'll be able to get the Lightning Round podcast on Tuesdays. You've got Matthew Stanley and Michael Peterson doing two podcasts. And of course, you'll get this podcast, your new favorite podcast that you didn't even know you needed. But you did. You needed twice the dose of Garrett Sisti. And you got it. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. This has been Score More.
Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.